Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everybody, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside King of Halloween at Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. Happy Halloween, Greg. Happy Halloween to you, Bless. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Do you have any plans for Halloween? For I, we have a huge spooky day here at the office with spooky stuff happening from the stream. And then, of course, uh, you were going out trick-or-treating with Benjamin tonight. Oh, is yeah. he, did he go last year? Is he this like went the first last time year. He went last year, but I use it lightly. Like, he was in his wagon, and we dragged him around and, like, held his hand, and he walked up. He did one trick-or-treat, got a mm. got a Butterfinger. It was his first piece of candy. His eyes lit up. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. But then he just rolled around the neighborhood with us, enjoying the sights and sounds and costumes and stuff. I don't know this how I feel about been- Butterfinger being the first one. I feel like we can aim higher for You know what it is. It's luck of the draw. Mm. When I, he went up there and trick-or-treated, that's what they had in the bucket. That's what I he got. I feel like if, if Butterfinger was my first piece of candy <laughs> like I've ever good. had, I, I'd never have candy again. I'm like, why is this all stuck to my gums? I hate this. <laughs> my teeth. <laughs> these, are, these are brand new teeth. And they're <laughs> packed in with peanut butter. butter right now. Yeah, <laughs> Take exactly. me to a dentist. So this is like, you know, this is the one where we've been practicing, where he goes and knocks on stuff and says trick-or-treat. Mm. He's got his own little light-up trick-or-treat bucket. Today we put on the costume, you know what I mean, this morning right away he, when he saw... Well, I brought up Cole's costume to put it on him, mm-hmm. and then that got him excited to put it on. Oh, so here What's Cole's costume? He's also got a Ghostbuster Thank jumpsuit. You. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate this because I meant to come dressed in like my Halloween sweater. Yeah, and I completely forgot it. Yeah, like before I shot, I was like, "Oh, I got to make sure to do that." And then on my way out, I just completely forgot. No, but no, you don't need it. You <laughs> got your blazer. You got your blazer. You're all set there. So, they send that to you for free. They did, yeah. Sent me two of these costumes for free. They're two of these blazers for free. Crazy, incredible, outrageous. Who would think they would do do that? Things happen to you when I put this thing on. Let me tell you, I feel so. (laughs) You're right, royal. You're right, yeah. I'm like, man. So, what is the um the the limit for candy for Ben? Is it all right? We got this bucket of candy after going trick or treating. Go crazy, or is it like two pieces a day? Two year old? No, I mean like he's. When we brought home, are you eating the candy? Yes. Oh man, one hundred percent. When we brought home, you know, the first batch of Halloween candy, you know, you go to Target and you get the candy and you bring it. Mom and I ate all of that. I think he had none of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think at when we brought home the second bag, he was cognizant of it and he tried one. And then I was like, you can only have one a day at night or whatever. And then he forgot about it. And we've never reminded him because mm-hmm. like my son's very interesting, very weird, like his father, mm-hmm. where. When he goes to the baby birthday parties, when he goes and hangs out with the babies and there's an event happening, right? And they all bring in pizza. We have all these photos of all the other babies with a big old slice of pizza and Ben sitting there eating broccoli. Like Ben, Good for him. he is not, pizza, not his shtick. And like for a long time, cake wasn't either. Like we have warmed up to cake, mm. but I still don't, like he's still not stoked for cake. Yesterday he had a cupcake at Greta's birthday party because mm. all the kids are born right around now. You know what I mean? And he was too, right? Yeah. So, you know, you dial it back nine months, you know? New Year's Eve, everybody's fucking, <laughs> yeah. everybody's fucking, you know what I mean? Uh, but like, yeah, he's, he's warming up to cake, warming. Like today, Jen tried to give him a piece of bread with Nutella on it. Didn't want it. None of really? that. No, thank you. Yeah. I get it though. I kind of relate. Cause I was the kid that I did not love frosting. 
Yeah. And so cakes were a thing where I'm like, I don't, I'm going to scrape this off anyway. And now yeah. I just have this piece of bread that I'm eating. So I'm good on that. <laughs> and then, Sugar bread. Yeah. Yeah. And then same yeah. with cupcakes too, where like it, whenever it was somebody's birthday in elementary school, they, their parents would bring cupcakes and pass them on to the class. Yeah. And I'll look at it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll do the same thing where I'll scrape the icing off and all I'm left again is this like piece of sugar bread that I'm eating. Um, oh, look at this weird pig farmer hanging out with Addison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pig farmer came later. That was I, know, I know, that was I know, I know. I just like to merge all your stories into one. I'm aware they came later. <laughs> what, yeah. are, what are your Halloween plans? Anything? Tonight? Uh, no, I don't have anything. Yeah. yeah I'm probably just going to chill out, play some Alan Wake too. Played like quite a bit of that last night. Yeah. Got to a level that was pretty cool. Okay. The Alan Wake stuff. I think I might be liking the Alan Wake stuff more than the Saga stuff. Yeah. For where I'm at in the story, it's just fucking trippy and weird. Oh and they yeah. Can do really cool things with it. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Of course, that was one of the things that, you know. After I went, I, I gravitated towards Alice because I wanted that true detective story. And Saga. When I got, I'm sorry. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Alice. Oh, his yeah. wife. You yeah. know what I mean? Heartbreaker. Uh, will they ever meet again? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, when I jumped back to Alan, Alan, though, and it was like, oh, man, this is a nightmare dream state. Everything that that worked really well after having, you know, 12 hours of hyperrealism. Yeah. And that's my thing is like, I feel like it's a good they complement each other so well going back and forth in the way yeah. that I'm playing it where I get. Are you still doing that? Are you doing the one chapter and the one chapter? One I'm chapter, trying one to. Yeah. Like sometimes I get done with the chapter and I'm like, oh, I really want to know what happens next, though. Yeah. Like, I really want to see what happens right after this. But I'm trying to like. You know, practice restraint so I can kind of get both sides of the story at the same time because yeah. it feels paced very well to do that. Where it is, all right, here's weird trippy shit. All right, now back to realism, back to detective story. All right, yeah. now back to like, I like the puzzles that they've set up for the Alan Wake chapters, where it is very much environmental, trying to figure out how the story plays into what they want you to like affect in the space that you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just find that stuff really fascinating and really cool. And so uh, I'm enjoying that stuff a lot. Have you gotten to parts where they're like dovetailing nicely? Where you're doing something in one that affects the other? No, not really, not that's, yet. That, that was something I was I found interesting about playing Alan stuff after I had basically completed Saga stuff. It's like, mm. oh, that's why that was there. Oh, okay, kind of things like interesting. What Alan's doing that is kind of affecting her world, and okay. vice versa. But you know, you want to know what they want the other. I digress though. Let's talk about what's affecting our world, like layoffs at Bungie, updates at Remedy and so much more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show for free at kind of funny.com slash kfgd over there you can leave us your questions comments concerns everything under the video game son you can even squat up with other kind of funny best friends to play video games whenever you want to then of course Watch us record the show live, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe. It's such a good one shot. Les and I had a, a bet that when we did the table, it was that's when the proton pack was going to fly off, but it, it's, it survived. Thanks to the bingo set it's resting on and the meet your maker <laughs> Jenga set it's resting on. I just love how everything's working. Cause you have the, the proton pack. You have the, what's the other thing called? The, this is not the PK meter. Oh, that's a trap. Ghost trap. Oh yeah. The ghost trap. That's what it is. And then you have like the skeleton peering up within the, well, when is out on the one shot, yeah, like yeah. the top half of the skeleton. And you just have my Mortal Kombat water bottle just Mortal in Kombat. God, what a holiday this is. What a holiday God bless this Halloween. is. You know what I mean? God bless Halloween, indeed. Uh, I did everything, right? Yeah, da, da, da. Oh, and then Epic Game Store, of course. If you're going to get anything on the Epic Game Store, use your creator code, kind of funny. Of course, if you are on your PlayStation, uh, your Switch, your Xbox, you're playing Fortnite, Rocket League, etc., you can also use your creator code, kind of funny, when checking out any Epic Games. However, if you really want to support us, go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny, you can get each and every episode of Games Daily ad free. You can watch us record the podcast live as we record them. You can 
can get those podcasts ad-free as an MP3 and video on demand whenever you want them. You can get nearly 400 exclusive episodes of shows like Kinda Feudy and Gregway only on patreon.com slash kinda funny. And of course, it helps us keep this business of 11 people functioning, going, having a great time. Housekeeping for you, like I hinted at, it is Halloween. We have a spooky double feature stream for you. Uh, of course, at our usual stream time after Kind of Funny Games Daily, 11.30 uh, a.m. Pacific time, we're doing an Outlast Trials uh, stream with the developer. That's right, Phil and JT from Red Barrels are going to be here in San Francisco, coming all the way down from Montreal uh, to talk to us about their Halloween update that they've made for this. Uh, of course, Outlast Trials will be playing it, having fun. It's going to be me and Mike playing with them, so I am sure we will be scared, and they will know what's happening, and they will be... This might be my chance to see the end of an Outlast Trials level. Because oh. I feel like every time I've gone in there and played with the Brony Boys, we just die. Mm. So this is my chance to see what's going on and see the Halloween stuff. Very excited for it. Very excited to support them. They're supporting us. It's a sponsored stream. But yeah, it'll be fun to play with the devs. Uh, we're going to do a really cool thing, I think, personally. Well, you know how much I like talking to developers. It's kind of my favorite part of the job. Well, playing the games is my favorite part of the job. Mm -hmm. Second favorite, learning how games are made. We're playing the game. Then we're coming in here to do like a little 20-minute just talk about what we've done so far and where Outlast has come from. And then go back to play more games. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a different kind of stream. But two hours of fun and scary stuff and having a good time. Uh, and then later tonight... 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Today is the day. We're hosting the Silent Hill Ascension live premiere pre-show. Uh, we're going to talk to the GenVid team behind the interactive streaming series. Find out how you'll shape the canon of Silent Hill and count down the seconds until you can experience the terror. Of course, you can go to the App Store right now on, or the App Store, Google Play, or Ascension.com. Get registered, download it, and be all set to go and jump into this one. Uh, very interested in this one. Uh, you know, I did the Comic-Con panel for this one. Um, I'm excited to see people finally learn what this is. Of course, this is like Until Dawn. It is like Telltale, but the gameplay isn't there. It's you watching uh, every day uh, this evolving story and then making decisions and doing your whole thing and, and voting on what you think should happen. Da, da, da. Should be interesting. And it turns out like everyone on the development staff is from like X Telltale. So like I have, oh. I do, I do all these interviews with all of them. Spoilers, since the game's out today, they wanted to be there to launch the game. So I do all the interviews with the people who made the thing. Mike and Tim will be here hosting live and talking to you, the chat. And they all are like, oh, yeah, I used to work at Telltale. I used to work at Telltale. I'm like, damn, fuck, this is okay. rad. Okay. And they own it. They're all, they're all like, this is why we're doing this. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's see it. Uh, that starts at 4.30 uh, p.m. Pacific. Twitch.tv slash games. YouTube.com slash games. YouTube.com slash games later. Bam. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Eight items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Number one, we will follow up with where we kind of ended the show yesterday with sad news, bad news, and then what's happened overnight. Uh, number one, Bungie hit with layoffs as Destiny 2, The Final Shape, and Marathon are reportedly delayed. We'll go to IGN.com where Ryan Dinsdale reports. Destiny 2 developer Bungie has reportedly been affected by layoffs, becoming the latest in a long line of video game studios to undergo downsizing in 2023. Bloomberg's Drace Jason Schreier said on X slash Twitter uh, that staff at the PlayStation Studios developer were informed of layoffs today, October 30th. The number of people affected by the downsizing is unclear, though Bungie CEO Pete Parsons reportedly emailed staff yesterday morning to notify them of a meeting where they would be told more. Parsons took to X slash Twitter to share some thoughts on the layoffs. Quote, 
Today is a sad day at Bungie, as we say goodbye to colleagues who have all made a significant impact in our studio, Parsons wrote. With these exceptional individuals, well, I'm sorry, what these exceptional individuals have contributed to our games and Bungie culture has been enormous and will continue to be part of Bungie long into the future. These are truly talented people. If you have openings, I would highly recommend each and every one of them, end quote. In addition to the layoffs, Bloomberg has reported that Destiny 2's The Final Shape DLC has been delayed from February 2024 to June 2024, and that Marathon has slipped to 2025. Now, we knew most of that yesterday as it was breaking, couldn't really discuss it, right? Then, today, right before we went live, right? Yeah, 9.51 a.m. If you're watching later, that's about 20 minutes ago. Uh, the one, the only, Paul Tassi from Forbes tweeted this out. New info about Bungie layoffs per source. And then it's three bullet points. The layoff decisions came directly from Bungie management, not Sony. This is not about Sony replacing Bungie employees with their own people. Next bullet point. Many employee benefits, though not health insurance, only last until the end of the month if you're let go. Laying people off on the 30th means a single day of additional coverage, a single additional day of coverage. Though not healthcare, again, point that out. And then the final one here. Many people had unvested shares as a result of the Sony purchase. These shares would, these shares would be received based on staying with the company for a certain number of years following the sale. But those shares revert to Bungie if you leave, even if you're fired, which is what's happening now mm. to many of those affected. What the fuck? Yeah, that's so upsetting, right? Like, fuck you. Like, cool. Well, at least I'm gonna have shares in Sony, right? And then you get let let, let go early enough to where it's like, all right, well, fuck. <laughs> like, that's fuck good. that. Holy shit. Yeah. Many employees had unvested shares as a result of the Sony purchase. These shares would be received based on staying with the company for a certain number of years following the sale. But those shares revert to Bungie if you leave, even if you're fired, which is what's happening now to many when, of those effects. When they say revert to Bungie, does that mean those shares are now, you're getting Bungie shares or Bungie owns no, those shares? No, Bungie owns, owns those shares. Oh, that's so fucked. That's very <laughs> that fucked, fucked up. So fucked. Oh, that's insane. That's wild. Um, I am, I, I'm stupid as everybody knows. What are many employee benefits, not healthcare. Only lasts until the end of the month if you're let go, laying people off the 30th means additional. Like, what is what what other employee benefits? I guess like your Metro Pass or like Yeah, that's a good de question. Dental, dental health though, isn't it? Eyes it's health, technically isn't it? it's technically a separate thing. Yeah, right? I think dental is technically it is. Yeah. It might be state by state, I have no idea. But yeah, like I think a lot Not of Not that I'm time. saying it's any less fucked up. I'm just like I don't remember Yeah. <laughs> But either way, like there's so much to, to dig into with this, right? Like, I mean, we've talked about this, what feels like a hundred times in the last couple of months, as we've seen so many other um, game studios and publishers and companies have layoffs and all this stuff, right? Like, of course, our heart goes with the developers that are losing their jobs. It was tough to see even yesterday as people were tweeting out like, oh man, like I'm going in a meeting. Let's see what this is. And yeah, a couple yeah, yeah, hours yeah. later, it's okay. Well, I don't have a job. Like now I got a bunch of stuff to figure out, right? And, uh, people were digging up tweets from um, when Bungie first got acquired by PlayStation. Yeah. And there was a tweet who I think was from uh, Parsons, the CEO, that was like, there would not be layoffs as a result of this acquisition. And then you fast forward to now. Yeah, I gave a retweet. It was, I think, from on my end, it was Ethan Gotch, maybe, from Kotaku, uh -huh. who had done like the 1.5 years later. Where, yeah. Where, 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 yeah, like, hey, this is actually what happened. So, like there's there's a lot to dig into here right like the the, the update from paul tassi talking about the layoff came as a decision directly from bungie management and not sony i think it's fascinating as it pertains to this conversation right and him talking about like this nathan is not, grayson sorry uh, i'll put it i'll put into assets for you bert this is not about sony replacing bungie employees with with their own people 
Um, yeah, like, I mean, I guess the thing that surprised me about this as it was breaking was I view Destiny as one of the su very successful games. One of the successful games or services, not, if not the prototypical successful games as a service game in our industry, right? Like, mm -hmm. people love Destiny. Destiny has a player base. Destiny has had continual, consistent updates for the last however long, right? Like, since Destiny 2 came out, right? And even before Destiny 2 was Destiny 1. Destiny has the, the fan base that supports it. Destiny has a strong studio that supports it with quality content, right? It's not like... It's not like every expansion for Destiny is a hit. I know this last one, I saw people who loved it. I saw people who didn't love it so much, right? And like, yeah. that stuff is going to happen. That's going to happen with any game studio. No matter what out. you put out, right? Yeah. People, some, some people will love it. Some people hate it. I don't understand how we get to a place. And now this is even extending out, out of Bungie. I don't understand how we get to a place in this industry where you look at this year, 2023, and this year is profitable. This year we're making, the, the games industry is making so much money. You're seeing so many successful games. You're seeing PlayStation's, sell like crazy right one of the like one of the best years for selling consoles or at least one of the best couple of years of selling consoles in this industry and all of this money is coming in and i mean you're all leaving of off of course that off. we finally close out a 69 billion dollar acquisition yeah right, as xbox acquires like the biggest acquisition in the video games industry yeah. if not in entertainment like one of the biggest in entertainment period um and then the number i saw floating around yesterday was six thousand. right that, yeah that's how many layoffs how many jobs have disappeared in the, this year i don't understand how, how that stuff how a leads to b right where yeah. we're seeing all the success and then we're seeing all these people let go who are workers developers uh, people working in publishing pr all this stuff right people who aren't at the top Wow. That's the thing that confuses me. It's because of the people at the top, right? Mm -hmm. There's a bottleneck on funds here. There is this, I mean, like, you know, I'm not trying to, bang, well, yeah, I am banging a drum. It's all fucked. The system's broken, right? Where it is, like, all these CEOs at the top of it getting this giant, uh, not a golden parachute, uh, you know, hey, here's bonus. your, mm -hmm. exactly, bonus based on what you sold. Here's what's going on. And we see the numbers thrown around for Bobby Kotick all the time and da 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 And, like, not just Bobby, it goes on. And there was, you know, that list was going around yesterday in terms of what was happening. That's the problem, right? Is yeah. that, again, like, you know, I feel, and I, 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 every time this comes up, and I know I'm a broken record, and we've talked about this so many times, right? Like, it's just like, you've lost the value of the person, I feel. That's the thing. When you get into these big, and not everybody, I'm not trying to paint a, a, mm. a broad brush that every developer, every, you know, giant, or not even giant, every developer has lost sight of people, right? But it is this idea that, yeah, it's like, oh, well, we don't want to take this cut, but we don't want to drop salaries, right? That would be outrageous if, you know, if the CEOs or the, the whoever's in the corporate suite was going to drop there, the C-suite execs were going to go in and drop their salaries to do this. No. So it's you make these cuts, right? Where you move these things around and you, and like, it's always so hard because yeah, from the outside looking in, right? Destiny has been the standard bearer for what a lot of games as a service is, right? And I think it is really the one that was part of it in terms of like, yo, this is what everybody wants. This community that's going to come back to this game over and over, night after night, day after day, week after week, month after month, update after update. And that is really what I think lit the fuse on everyone running to this going, there's gold in those hills. Mm -hmm. And so for them to do it, for them to, and again, we're not inside of Bungie. This is, I, I do find it interesting that yesterday, of course, the, I, you had things like Nathan Grayson putting out the thing, narrator voice 1.5 years later, Bungie, ship, Bungie leadership assures Sony... Uh, Bungie leadership assures employees Sony deal will not result in layoffs restructuring, right? Hmm. And then today the messaging has to be, well, it's not Sony's fault, it's Bungie's. So it's yeah. like, we can do a whole bunch of different things here where we can twirl mustaches, we can do this thing, we can uh, think that everybody's a demon on the other side of the hmm. equation, right? And what it, the realities of Bungie and their 
uh, bottom line, what the, their books, what they're seeing in player retention, what they're seeing in people buying, da, da. like there can be a reality where Bungie is literally looking at this going like, Lightfall did not do what we wanted it to do. We are worried we need to do something to protect the future of the company and that sucks and we have to lose this thing. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when it's happening on such a giant scale in the industry, when it's 6,000 people, you you can only see it at some point as corporate greed. You can only see this as like, so like what did the benefit of PlayStation give you? You got bought by PlayStation, right? Like, mm -hmm. So someone got a bunch of money at the top for this thing, for this acquisition, whoever owns Bungie, right? So now they're there. Shouldn't, I thought the whole point of these acquisitions was that you're getting bought by a company. This, and this is something I'm always saying, but it's because I've heard it from other people that then you don't have to worry about these kind of decisions and what's going on. Yeah. Like I don't, and again, like I still wish we had real numbers from this. That's the one thing that I still find shocking to a degree that we haven't heard that it is this percent. It is this amount. You know what I mean? Like when media molecule had those layoffs, we immediately knew what the percentage was. Um, I'm, I should be able to just throw a dart at the board and grab it. There was another one recently that was like, it was like epic. It was epic yeah. when they, when it was like 25% or whatever, and they got rid of a thing and then they sold off Bandcamp and yada, yada, yada. Like I'm surprised that information isn't publicly available right now in terms of this yeah. bungee thing. I, for me, it is hard not to see it as, as mustache twirly, right? Of like the people at the top not caring, mismanaging, right? Like I go back to well, miss, that, see, and I'm with you, yeah, yeah. But I think right there, there is a big difference of, hey, I want to protect as much money for me as possible. Yeah. I don't care about the people. And then there's the other side of like, whoa, I'm just a guy and I'm running a company now and mm -hmm. I'm with other people and we don't, we all fuck. We thought we were gonna do it, and yeah. that's that. They're both bad, and it's the same thing I've said a million times on this, right? Of like. God forbid, knock on wood, never kind of funny may one day have to lay somebody off or change or whatever, mm. but it will never be that we were like, yeah. the good times are going to roll forever. Fucking build a new studio across the street. It's great. Like, yeah. We, well, yeah, I, if something went horribly wrong, we'd be fucked. But, ha, ha, ha. but I think to that point, right? Like I still look at the people at the higher, the people at the top and go, this is your fault. Right. Sure. Like to that's the, I, totally I, fair. That's a totally fair. You know, I read the state, the statement from, what was it? Pete Parsons, yep. the statement from Parsons where he says, today is a sad day at Bungie as we say goodbye to colleagues who have made, uh, who've all made a significant impact on our studio. And I'm like, it's a sad day because of you. Right. Yeah. Like this all falls on your shoulders. Right. You, you come out and talk about um, where was it? Uh, these are truly talented people. If you have openings, I would highly recommend each and every one of them. It's like I would you that, close that your would be a slap <laughs> in the face. If yeah. I had just been laid off and I would um, respond like, fuck you, Pete. Yeah. You like, know what I mean? like and like, you know, I think for me, it, like, I look at this and not that these are like the same thing. Right. But I do sure. lump it into the same of you know, why, why are we seeing so much, so many layoffs in an industry that appears to be thriving on the outside looking in, right? Yeah. But you get on the inside, it's like everybody's losing these, uh, uh, their jobs. I look at the Embracer thing and it's, yep. hey, we had a deal with Saudi Arabia that fell through. And so now layoffs at, at Crystal Dynamics, Volition's getting shut down, layoffs across all these different things, right? We're seeing, and like, I know the Bungie thing again says it's not PlayStation, but PlayStation's been seeing a lot of layoffs recently as well, right? 100%. You talk about Media Visual Molecule, Arts, just saw a bunch of Visual stuff. Arts Group, right? Like, it feels like this is becoming a, um, a regular story for these big corporations, these big entities that see their bottom line, I don't, they, I, either it is the thing of people are getting more expensive to hire or pay or, pay, or it's the thing of video games aren't making as much as we thought they were going to make, even though they're making more money than ever before. And they go, ah, shit, we got to get this money up. Peace out to a certain percentage of our workforce, right? Yeah. Or it's the epic thing of, hey, we have these things that we want to do with the metaverse. We have these things that, Oof. these ideas that we had we, where we acquired Bandcamp because they they were a fit, but now we realize we made a wrong decision and so buy Bandcamp and buy to a certain percentage of our workforce because we want to invest in a thing that is either speculative or a thing that, you know, we see, we see as the future, but to get to that future, 
we have to screw over a lot of people that we have working for us because we had a plan to do one thing and that thing changed. Um, you know, I'm not here saying that I have all the answers to like <laughs> capitalism and how to like run a business and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm just a podcaster. But like, you know, I, for me, when I look at all this, I go, okay, something is very wrong and I don't know what, what has to change our industry, whether it is like, I don't know, whether, whether it is people having to, to unionize, which I think might be the number one thing, you know, like protect yourself as a worker or people having to get really mad and like really loud about CEOs and higher ups and go, what the fuck are you doing? And name them by name and go, hey, like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Be better. Like, I don't like I, don't, I do not know the next step outside of that. Right. Like, how do we fix all this shit? I think, honestly, our outrage only goes so far. Yeah. I, I, I you know, when I, yesterday I saw so many tweets and so many things and like, you know, Paris had a really eloquent tweet about like, you know, we can no longer say this is the best year in gaming, like without ignore in ignoring the fact of how rough it's been and how many jobs have been lost and all these things. I saw so many people quote tweeting Jeff Keighley yesterday who in the morning tweeted about Game Awards or whatever. And then it was the quote tweet of like, you have to talk about this on stage. You have to bring this up. And I think part of that conversation is the idea of trying to make the mainstream understand this. Again, like we like to think, because we are the people who are the hardcore, listening to podcasts, watching videos, caring about games each and every day, the way people care about sports teams or the actual news and horrible things happening in the world. Um, I think when you take a bigger picture like how many people who are playing spider-man 2 right now have no fucking idea who insomniac is they just think playstation made the game right mm -hmm. they, they don't understand that the human being and the human uh exertion behind it right and so i really do think it has to become internal and i really do think unionization unionization is a needed step here to protect people and make this make sense for people and to make this be a viable career for people because this is the thing we talked about it yesterday on the show uh, again this all started live it was our 0.5 story instead of our number one story right and it was uh liana talking about or liana talking about hey like a dirty effing hippie uh saying hey I am one of the people who got laid off and you know, my partner, I believe got laid off earlier this year and now I'm worried about the house and what are we going to, and like, that's the realities of this happening. Right. And then I saw so many great tweets of people talking about like, you know, actually, I guess this might've even been a, a tweets in response to Jason Schreier's earlier this week tweets, maybe last week tweet about like work from home works. Why are we fucking with this? Like so many people are ha making the greatest games of all time this year mm -hmm. and they all start home. So why are you forcing people to come somewhere, let alone, Right now, so many people who are doing this, right? And I'm not pointing fingers. And I, this is actually, I won't do it. I was going to name a studio, but I'm not actually sure. But you think of these startup studios that are the ones that are like, we have a AAA team. We're starting this thing. We all left the big things. We're doing our own thing. We're making our own game. And those games come out and they under deliver. And what about the people who moved out to be a part of that or try, had to? Yeah. And like, it could be a bigger thing that you moved to Seattle to be part of Bungie. And then this is, and again, I am a little bit out on the dive or the uh, uh, walking the plank here. I'm not 100% sure what work from home policies are, but generally, right? How can you ever think about tearing up your life and moving somewhere when it could be that the job is gone because the company changes its direction in six months or mm -hmm. you ship the product and then you're immediately cut out of the thing, right? Yeah. Whereas unionization at least would give you the chance of collective bargaining and doing these things. Like, I don't know the answer either. I am also just a podcaster. Mm -hmm. My thought when you look at this again from the outside, but just reading tea leaves, right? The problems it would really seem come down when you talk about these layoffs with the big studios and the big conglomerates and the, your PlayStations, your Embracer groups and this, right? And then just again, giant studios. And I'm not saying that indies have the right idea. I'm not saying that indies have it all figured out. We know how hard it is to make an indie game and keep those things in front. What I'm saying though, is that an indie team for the most part seems like they are, Hey, 
I wear a lot of hats and I do a lot of things, which mm. means that even when I'm not in pre-production, if that was my main duties or post-production or, you know, the actual th throws of making the game, that lets me stick around. You know, I, I've talked so many times in these layoffs conversations about how it used to be in I IGN 2008, 9, 10, that area where it was. The teams would brag about ramping up in their size to put the game out. The game goes gold. They put everybody out. They lay off all their contractors, right? Like there's a ebb and flow to it there that sucks, but is because in my, you know, in, in what I know limited about making a video game is the idea of, well, when you're doing pre-production and you're on a, the people are on a whiteboard pitching the idea and somebody's making something really rough in Maya, you don't need that team that is the ones who are polishing, gameplay testing, doing the thing, making the, you know, like, there's so many things you have to do before you can actually put the cart on the horse. You have to build the horse. You have to give birth to the horse and get it to go. And so I would imagine that's where a lot of this comes down to mm -hmm. is that, and I mean, not maybe not specifically Bungie, maybe in terms of like, Hey, this is a games as a service. It's always making stuff, but in, in that, so it's like, is the answer more nimble, smaller studios? Is it, is the answer smaller games? We always talk about this, right? Of like, does every game need to be uh 75 hours open world with a million checklists and da da da? Cause again, you can go and do and build that thing. But when that game ends, if you haven't already gotten through pre-production on the next project, if we're looking at Naughty Dog that had layoffs, right? If the project gets canceled or at least scope down to figure out how to, where the fucking fun is in last of us factions too. what happens to those people. And that's the struggle here of like, I feel like the solution is unionization, right? In terms mm -hmm. of figuring that out, if that's never going to happen. Cause again, I think the you know, the call has to come from inside the house. The developers have to say that. And I, and I'm not putting this on the workers. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Don't misquote me. But there were so many cries yesterday of like from developers, people who make your video games saying like, how could we ever talk to anybody and say they should come work here when it's like this? It's yeah. like right now you got to do the thing of like, you know, you're plant, you're, you're, you're planting trees. You'll never climb. Like you got to start fostering what the next generation is going to do here and figure it out. And so I do wonder of like, and I'm completely out of my wheelhouse here, but like when you look at something like Nix's, right, you remember them yeah. or like anybody who's doing work for hire, even blue point, right? Like, is that the solution to, hey, we're creating a studio and we are strictly a support studio. Yeah, you like do we're finding something that is, you know, something that we do specifically that is going to hopefully make us untouchable in terms of our project getting canceled or us getting scoped down or whatever because we are here to help and support other you, studios. We are work for hire. You go and you make your game and when you get to the point that you would usually go and hire 30 contractors to do X, Y, and Z, we come in, we do that, and when the project's over, we walk away and we move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. Like that. Now, you can get into a whole conversation of, well, that doesn't sound creatively fulfilling necessarily. And like, no, it doesn't. You're coming in and getting somebody to the finish line on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm sure there's a push and pull to it. There, there, I don't know the solution. You don't know the solution. I don't know if there is a, hey, this is the solution. But clearly something's got to change. Yeah. It's not fair to treat people this way. You know, it goes back to yesterday, yesterday when this was all happening. Someone shared, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, but they also shared, I think it's Spanish, shared my Game Awards speech. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is like at the crux of what that Game Awards speech was, right? Of like, how unfair this is to the people who make your games, right? And like, they don't get told thank you enough. And they don't get told you changed my life or made my day, or this is my, you know, most piece of media I've ever had. And mm -hmm. so what they do get told is fucking hit the bricks. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Cause I've also had friends who I've had friends who have been laid off, right? Like in, as part of all these gaming slash tech lay, uh, layoffs that have been going on and like, you know, to some of them, they'll go into interviews and they have to ask the question of, 
hey, like, you know, in what the industry looks like right now, how secure is this position? Right. Like, that's yeah. a question that you have to start asking in interviews if you want to work in. But I mean, games. again, like, they will blow smoke. Yeah. February 1st, 2022, Bungie leadership assures employee Sony will not result in layoffs. Yeah. And so, like, it's hard to tell anybody, hey, come work in the games industry when this is what the landscape is, right? Like, hopefully, you know, it's hard to hope this because we've seen this happen so many times. We're like, hopefully this is, like, the current storm. Hopefully we're able to, like, get through it and then things start to get healthy again, right? But, like, that's a hard thing to believe in when I've been listening to a video game podcast for close to probably over t for over 10 years because I started listening to Beyond in, what, like, 2012, yeah. 2013. Um, oh, that was a good time for it. It was a really good time. Last of Us is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like... You know, and this has been a recurring story. Even since then, I remember listening to other podcasts too, them talking about layoffs and talking about how unsustainable slash unhealthy it is to work in the games industry, right? Like it just seems like this is an industry that has a lot of growing up to do. And that feeds in the tech industry as well. That feeds into other industries. Like it's not just the video games industry that has problems. All, most industries, not every, every industry has problems, right? But yeah, like this has been, it's been very ugly to see this in the last few months of this bubbling up right let alone the last few years let alone the last decade of this bubbling up and so i hope things get better i do too and I, but i also think in wonder and worry right like again you know the call has got to come from inside the house because i mm -hmm. just don't think outside you'd notice that's my concern yeah is that i really do feel like the industry is so smart and so good at making games and this year has been incredible for games which is a number of different compounding issues right of like COVID pipeline, moving things around, da da da. Why we are hit after with game of the year, game of the year, game of the year, and then you look at next year, and there's a lot of great games. But are they going? Is it going to be like this? You know, a Zelda, a Mario, a fucking Spider-Man, like this kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't see us in two years being like, man, all the games suck this year, or man, all the games are mid this year, right? There's always going to yeah, be yeah. standouts that make us go, man, it's awesome, and what a great time to be a gamer, yada yada yada. And so I don't think, sadly, it's enough of a these people get laid off and now the product suffers. Now the industry suffers. And now consumers are like, yo, what the fuck? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's going to be that idea that like, hopefully so many of these people find another position and go work somewhere, start their own studios. Da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, the industry is so interesting in terms of recycling. You know what I mean? I, I would mm -hmm. say the, uh, the old way you'd call it would be incestuous, right? Of like, oh, well, somebody worked there, but now they work there. And that's not even fair. I don't think, especially with as much turnover as there is. I say yeah. recycling is a better term for it of people going, taking what they learned somewhere and popping back up and going. And but so you see your point of like the Silent Hill Ascension people all being like, oh yeah, we were at Telltale. Yeah, we were all Telltale and we wanted to make more stuff like that. And so we're doing this, which is a different project. And yeah, it's like, I don't know. Man. Yeah. I wish, I, I wish it was easy. I wish it was so simple that you're like, well, okay, let's look at developer X. They are doing great and have never done something like that. What are they doing and how can you go out and look at it? Mm -hmm. But anytime I feel like, I feel like it's a monkey paw. If oh I, yeah. If I name anybody, guess what? It's, they're going to be cursed. Yeah. Like the best studio, you know, right now in four years, there's something that's like, they're going to either release a messed up game or they're going to have layoffs or they're going to have a controversy. Or they're going to have something that happens. Right. And like, that's just the reality of, of what it is. And I think for, for me, right. If you're a worker in the games industry, you got to protect yourself, whether that is unionization, whether that is having plan B, plan C's, all this stuff, right. Whether it is whatever you can do, like, you know, having connections, networking, all that stuff to your point of, it has to come out, come from inside the house for all of us saying that, like, Oh man, Bobby Kotick sucks. Got to get him out of here. Yada yada. Like Bobby the next Kotick, CEO would come and suck too. Yeah, like Bobby Kotick is still there, right? Like none, Bobby Kotick doesn't look at his phone. He's not reading these comments in our YouTube on our YouTube videos, <laughs> right? Like he does not give a fuck, right? And like that is not touching him. And so you know, as much as that is a bummer, yeah, like we gotta be. 
we got to support the people who work on our video games on the ground level, the people that are actually talented and doing the doing the damn thing. Because yeah. if we're not supporting them, and also if they're not supporting each other and not supporting themselves at the same time, then we're just end up we just end up without jobs, right? And like you end up without like you end up with the people who you know worked on the cool Spidey suit you liked or worked on a cool mechanic that you fucking love in that game. All of a sudden, they can't work in the games industry anymore because they got laid off because somebody at the top needs to make more money. Yeah, and so it's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Uh, we have a question here from Laugh Tale about games of service and what this all means and yada, yada, yada. And I'd love to tackle that right after I tell you about how you should tackle patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Of course, you can get each and every episode of games daily ad free. You can watch us record the podcast live as we record them ad free and get them on demand later. I ad free as a video and MP3. You can get 400 episodes of exclusive content all on patreon.com slash kind of funny. But guess what, Jack? You're not there right now. So here's a word from our sponsor. This episode's brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep just because I can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a great place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You can make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Laugh Tale writes into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD just like you can to be part of the show and says, I kind of funny. With another gaming company layoff, the trend of the best year, parentheses, video game releases, and worst year, parentheses, releases, as in people getting fired, of gaming continues. I will say the Bungie layoffs are surprising to me considering how Destiny 2 is doing really well recently, except Lightfall Story and the $3.6 billion acquisition from Sony. Sony's games as a service plan heavily relied on Bungie. So does this mean acquisition has not helped their games as a service plan? Are the PlayStation gas rumors, Connie Booth left Sony, maybe fired, PS, PlayStation scaling back on the games as a service plan, etc., floating around the past week a reason for Bungie's layoffs? Was the games as a service plan too risky? Uh, and is it costing PlayStation Studios now? 
So, I mean, this question was written in before the Paul Tassi update of yeah. like, oh, man, this is didn't more from Bungie saying this didn't come from PlayStation. That said, right, like, I mean, I think it does have same some ramifications on what the plan is for PlayStation's games as a service. Like, we didn't talk much about um, Marathon and Destiny 2 Final Shape being delayed. Marathon... Marathon, did we even know that was coming to tw in 2024? I think the the video ended with it. Did, did it come in 2024? Because yeah. like I I'll did triple check. Yeah, triple check. Because I didn't check. Double check. Five check. I always like put I what, Conquered. I think Conquered was the one that definitely had 2024 in it. Sure. Um, and so I wasn't even thinking about Marathon possibly coming out next year. So already that's like a oh interesting. So what is PlayStation doing next year as a whole? Because we talk we speculate Wolverine, but like. They've not said Wolverine's coming nope. next year. That's just the thing we've purely speculated about. Yeah. Death Stranding Two doesn't have a date, right? And so it's like. All right, was that supposed to be a big title? And now, are we just looking forward to Helldivers and Concord being the twenty being the twenty twenty four slate for PlayStation? Because that's a weak slate. Of course, you have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is like a third party but exclusive. Of course, all that stuff. Um, that's fascinating. But then also, yeah, like really quick uh, from the announcement trailer. If we're talking about the PlayStation uh, showcase. showcase with all of the these trailers uh, of games as a service or whatever we're calling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing at the end of the marathon trailer. So yeah. I think this was probably just an internal delay. So I think, yeah, internally it was delayed from 2024 to 2025. Um, but yeah, like, okay, so 2024 looks weird. Now, as we talk about the layoffs, all the stuff that's going on, yeah, like Bungie as your prized possession of games as a service for PlayStation slash Sony, you know, like them being hit like this, I wonder what that does do to the other studios and your or your plan for the other studios to like put out these games as well. Like, do you start to get nerves and go, "Ooh, we need to scale back"? Because Naughty Dog, one like one, you know, Naughty the, the Last of Us factions with Naughty Dog seems to like not be doing as well as they hoped. And also, Let it go, it's dead. You know, it's dead. You know, I'm right. I mean, you're you're right. That's probably dead. But also, I think place. PlayStation sees the reports. PlayStation sees the leaks, right? Like, they know how people are talking about that, and I don't think that's a thing they want to continue to risk as they go, all right, um, I don't know, I'll pick a... Bend, this is me, not even speculating, yeah, yeah, just yeah. me saying a studio. All right, Bend, you're going to work on a games of, service, games of service thing now. Oh, man, it's not doing that great. Let's scale down. And now Jason Schreier has a report on that too, right? Like, I think you start to get worried about the reputation of PlayStation, especially coming out of the last PlayStation uh, showcase and how seeing how people felt about the slate overall like i wouldn't be surprised if the plan is to or if the reaction has been ah shit we've been fucking up and also we should scale down on this stuff because uh people are not liking our direction with this games as a service stuff yeah uh i've said this since the announcement right we were very harsh on that uh playstation showcase and uh I, since the news of this is, is really what we wanted well i think we've been very much in the camp of like well we'll wait and see but this doesn't sound right and they had a terrible first impression of coming out and explaining all that stuff and again i've said this a million times but to drive it back home right you can then sit there and go okay well the bodies that are on the road behind us of rumbleverse right i mean knockout city mm -hmm. uh, bungie's losing people now and all these different things the factions or whatever right like it's hard ask crystal dynamics to make a games of service no matter what ip you have attached to it let alone spin one up from the ground floor right mm -hmm. And so I think that is a incredibly bullish thing. And I think it's also incredibly reactionary. I think it was a trend that everybody chased again after the success of Destiny, after the success of Fortnite. Everybody wanted that for their own. And so few, so few have been able to find it. And so for PlayStation this late in the game to say, we're going to do that. We're going to chase that. We want that. That's the future. Mm -hmm. That's a huge, huge fucking mountain to climb. 
And I think maybe it was PlayStation hubris to say that they could do it and they blah, 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 blah. But you look here and it's like, yeah, to your point, like Bungie was the gold standard of this. And so for them to lay people off, and again, we don't know what's going on over there exactly why, which again is super weird that they haven't said. Yeah. I think you could put out a statement, yeah, you know, instead of doing the man, aw shucks, I'm Mr. Parsons and this fucking sucks that I we had to lose a bunch of people today. Mm-hmm. It did. Why not also say, hey, here's the reality of this situation. Yeah. We did this because Lightfall did not find success and we saw a player drop off. And so now we're doing this thing, but we're so far removed from doing like give them something so you don't seem like an empty suit saying this Parsons, right? Mm. Anyways, there's a whole bunch going into this that none of this inspires confidence in PlayStation's plan for games as a service. And then what it does to me is you're chasing a trend, which was them chasing the Wii when they put out fucking PlayStation Move and abandoned it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. what is to inspire the confidence that this is going to be, okay, cool, we're committed to this. They put out PlayStation Vita and abandoned it, right? I mean, I don't know what you want to say about VR. There's an argument to be made for me personally that they put out PlayStation VR 2 and abandoned it. The the tough thing, and this is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a challenge navigating, is that these studios are already working on these games, right? Fair Games is already... Will (laughs) we see Fair Games? Like, these games are already in the works. Um, these are many teams that are spun up to work on these games. I think we have to see fair games to some extent because like that's what that studio was made for. It's not like it's a side pro. It's not like they're Naughty Dog, right? And it's like okay, it's well, one of those things right now. It's like crazy to sit here and say this when you're talking about PlayStation and PlayStation Five and the success they found, PlayStation Studios, the success they found. I'm sitting here and it's like I can easily see a future where we are on this stage reading about, hey, Haven Studios is closing. Fair yeah. games. Well, I, and that's the thing is, I think that's the only other option is that Haven is closing. And I, as PlayStation. Like, do you do that and then go? Um, who's who's making Concord? Fire one of those one of those fire studios. It's a Halo drink sprite, so it's Walk. Fire walk. Walk. Studios. Okay, and Firewalk. Oh man, Firewalk. What other? How many other projects do they work on? Slash, do they work on other projects? Because if Concord is the only project that Firewalk's working on, then it's like, all right, cool. Then what are we doing at Firewalk as well? And then you turn over to Marathon, and it's like, okay, well, if we're not doing Marathon, or if we like, you know, spin that down. What do we do with like not that like the Bungie is still going to work on Destiny all that stuff, but does that end up in layoffs as well? I think then you're you're causing this negative storm of hey, if we cancel slash um, deescalate all these projects, we're screwing all these studios that are already working on them. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, that's the question to be asked and figure out where it goes from here and what it actually is and how committed is PlayStation to this? Yeah, are they that committed to it? Or and again, because with every one of these projects any video game, anything you do, there comes a point of no return where it is. All right. Well, the industry's changed. Uh, this isn't going to do what we thought it was going to do, but mm-hmm. we've invested this much into it. We can get this much out of it. Just put it out. Just do the thing, finish it and put it out. It doesn't matter. And then we'll close the studio. Then we'll lay off people. Then we'll do this thing. Mm-hmm. But right now you can still kill things in their crib, depending on how far along fair games is, depending on how far along Concord is. Yeah. And again, this isn't us saying those things necessarily suck. It's us just saying, like, does PlayStation believe in this? Yeah. Do they believe in this enough to see what's happening in the industry right now and go, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. no. We, I mean, my we still you, got it. My, my thing is you've already invested in it, right? Like, you've already put in the money. Like, I think I, it's like PSVR 2 to some extent where you've gotten so far with it, you might as well just put it out, right? Because canceling it and, like, getting rid of all this shit, right, is only going to cost you probably way more money than if you put it out and see it through. I think fair, fair games and things like Marathon and Concord, those games being able... Concord being a 2024 thing, right? And Marathon possibly being a 2025 thing, right? I think you're far enough along and you've invested so much in spinning up these studios that you kind of have to see it through. What happens after is what happens after. But I think 
it'd be tough for me to imagine the scenario where you cancel a bunch of these things and go, okay, it's not worth it, and then fucking get rid of all these studios because I think that's more money. I think that's more... Like, I, I, I think you're, you're throwing away even the shot to see if, like, maybe one of these hits. Me and you are like, these aren't going to hit. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but I think PlayStation's exactly, like, right? well, we've, we're already far enough. Might as well see. We'll have to wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. The over there, there was a again. I I feel like I, there's been a lot of great chats. I want to call out and yell at people, not yell, but like have a like a lively little debate for. Mm-hmm. One was like it went through and it was like, man, how did a? It's crazy that Skull and Bones hasn't been canceled or laid off, right? Mm-hmm. That it's a great example of hey, there's all this money invested in, and they have a fucking deal with the government. Yeah, Singapore, they got, they, got, they put money into the game, so they can't cancel it because they're on the hook for sing- the government, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why that continues to limp on. Yeah, like there's things like that of why it is. We'll wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. We'll wait and see. Believe it or not, it's 48 minutes into the show. We We've have done seven new stories Seven left. more stories to go, <laughs> so let's go. Number two on the Roper Report, Max Payne 1 and 2 Remake, now ready for production. Remedy says, this is Wesley Yin Pool at IGN.com. Remedy has issued an update on all its in-development games while stressing it's too early to comment on sales of the recently released Alan Wake 2. First up is an update for the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes, which Remedy said in a financial report had, quote, progressed into the production readiness stage. Quote, we have gained clarity on the style and scope of the game, and we have an exceptionally well-organized team working on it. With these accomplishments, we are excited about the project and its future success, the studio added. Remedy is working with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption company Rockstar under a new publishing agreement to remake the first two Max Payne games for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. Remedy is handling development while Rockstar is financing the project. The Max Payne remakes will also be developed on Remedy's North Light game engine, the same engine used to develop Control, and Alan Wake 2 is going to look fucking sick as hell. It's going to look fucking sick as hell. The original Max Payne games uh, were also a result of a partnership between Remedy and Rockstar, with Remedy handling development and Rockstar Games Publishing. Rockstar also handled handled the development of Max Payne 3. Control 2, meanwhile, woo! continues in the proof of concept stage quote the plans for this sequel are ambitious and we have seen good progress both in the designs and in the game build remedy explained we will continue at this stage for the next few quarters we focus on proving the identified key elements before moving on to the next stage and scaling up the team end quote condor is a four-player co-op spin-off of control to be co-published with 505 games this has progressed from the proof of concept stage to the production readiness stage remedy said Quote, we have acquired valuable insights into developing service-based games and are now in a better position to create a game players can engage with for years, end quote. And finally, codename Vanguard. Uh, Remedy is defining, quote-unquote, the next stages of the project with its publisher Tencent. Quote, at the same time, the project is aiming towards completing the proof-of-concept stage by the end of the year. Vanguard is a free-to-play cooperative PvE shooter that combines Remedy's narrative expertise and action gameplay into an immersive multiplayer experience. Uh, the Remedy boss CEO said all four projects, none of which have released Windows, will benefit uh, from staff moving on from Alan Wake 2. And now again, in all the conversations we've just had about layoffs and how does this happen and da-da-da-da-da, Remedy's a very interesting example. First off of being very forthright. Here are all the projects we're doing, right? And then also trying to and you know for us in a very general sense tell you where they are in the production pipeline and then the most important thing i think that right from the ceo is now they will benefit from the staff finishing alan wake too yeah this is what you uh, this is how games industry and i i know again as soon as you name anybody i set them up to fail yeah successfully run dovetail the project so they go on to the next thing and do the next mm-hmm. thing and i know 
firsthand from conversations how difficult that is because you work on the oh the next project is going to be last of us factions part two mm-hmm. oh shit it's not now we have all these people now we lay them off and that fucking sucks but- see it's it's funny because I, as i was putting this new story to the doc i had to like open up my slack a slack message to myself and type in some bullet points because like i have a lot of questions slash like talking points with yeah. this story in particular so coming off of what you just said right of like successfully running a company are they expanding too rapidly like your your remedy, right? Who you've been known for doing control. You did Alan Wake before that, right? You yep. you have Alan Wake two that is is out right now and is critically successful. You have four projects and like two of them are multiplayer things. One of them is a free to play. Like you have the sequel to Control and you have two remakes, Max Payne one and two that you're publishing under like a, you're grabbing from Rockstar and having them publish it and do all that stuff. Is this not too much? Well, it's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would answer a couple different ways. Uh, who knows is the first one. I'm not a soothsayer, sadly. I can't tell you what's going to happen to Remedy in the future, right? The reasons I think this is good and not scary is, number one, we've known about these projects already. Yeah. So they've already been announced. They've already been working on them. They've already been doing it, right? Number two, as you read through it, the thing you see over and over again is, hey, we are teaming up with Rockstar, 505 Games, Tencent. Someone else is paying the bills. Back to our Mm -hmm. point, None of this is hinging on, we are working on four games all by ourselves and looking for publishers. And <laughs> if any of them go wrong, then you're in the embracer group situation of like, we had a deal that was supposed to happen last night and it didn't happen. And now everything's fucked, right? Like these, you would assume in hope in a, uh, you know, in a perfect world, and maybe you give them too much credit are, you know, staffing up appropriately overall is remedy. Right. And again, to see people moving on and being recycled inside the studio are in this place of like, cool, the, whatever the agreements are with all these different publishers, we're getting paid in the right way that we can pay the staff that we have on going on here, let alone with Alan Wake 2 and the success they found. And of course, Epic publishing that, right? Yeah. So, okay. So moving on to Alan Wake 2 success. Sure. We know it's a critical success. How much do you think Alan Wake 2 sells at the end of the day? Do you think it's going to be a breakout success hit of like a top five seller this year? Or like, where do you think that lands overall? What I've said, and I will stand by, right, is that I think this is going to be their most successful game to date. I think it'll sell more than Control did. The thing that could hold it back, of course, is that his PC is only on Epic. And I know so many people want it on Steam. Mm-hmm. But I also know PC people are weak-willed and probably will finally download the Epic are, launcher yeah. if they haven't. Oh, another launcher. I don't want it. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I still feel like this is going to be the one that does numbers for them. More than Control. And like in terms of top five and shit like that, I, you know I'm terrible at that. I've, I've never played the NP, NPD game at IGN because yeah. I was always so bad at it. Uh, but I think this is going to sell. I think it's a perfect timing, great scores. I think it's got going to be something special. Yeah. My other thing too is talking about Max Payne one and two. Does that <clears throat> does that end up doing like how does that end up doing relative to Alan Wake and Control? Right. Like Interesting. I look at Max Payne one and two, and I'm fucking excited for the Hell remakes yeah. because one, like I like the first Max Payne yeah. uh, on PS2, but then talking about they're using their the same engine as Alan Wake Two and Control, that alone gets me excited. But then also genre wise, oh sure, it's a third person shooter where you're diving all over the place, right? Bullet it's like time. W- bullet time, yeah. it's way more actiony. It's for me. W- from what I played of Max Payne 2, I'm sh- or Max Payne 1, I'm sure they can make it fucking weird like Alan Wake and stuff, right? But like it's easier to digest than Alan Wake 2. As yes. I play through Alan Wake 2, I'm like, man, y'all are making something very specific here that is hitting with a lot of people on the critical side, right? It's hitting with me as I play it. But like that's the one thing where I think about 
how it's going to sell widely. And I think the word of mouth is doing it such a favor because people are evangelizing it. People are talking about how great Alan Wake 2 yeah, is, yeah. right? And like at its core, the gameplay sense, it's just a survival horror game. And that's like, that's a genre that sells, right? That's a thing that people like. Um, but when you get into like the content of it, it's so out there and so weird and so like, you know, hinges on having some knowledge from Alan Wake 1, which came out a decade ago and all this stuff, right? That like, I could see that kind of holding it back in the sales uh, stuff. Whereas remaking Max Payne, one and two and having it be this you know gritty detective third person shooter bullet time like game that looks as good as alan wake 2 that for me is like i i, I think control and alan wake 2 are both breakout hits i think that's another breakout hit in terms of like oh shit you like everybody's to, talking about you this. go back to that one where i think I'm old, as you know, and so Max Payne 1 in particular. Max Payne 2 I also adored, but those were so fucking cool back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I think enough of us have talked about those things, and even if you don't know Max Payne, when we talk about Control or now Alan Wake 2, and you're like, oh, well, Sam Lake did it, and he was the face of Max Payne. You know what I mean? Like, these different things. I think when you take, if they don't fuck anything up, which I don't think they will, you take the Max Payne hard-boiled, oh, and they killed my kid, and now I'm out. They killed my kid and my wife, and now I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm this detective, and I'm drinking. Like, a hard-boiled detective story This where you're eating the scenery because it's just so over-the-top, that kind of movie. But then, like... Think about how great Alan Wake 2 looks and yeah. imagine fucking bullet time. Like that. That, sound, that sounds like a hit. Like yeah. that sounds like something that's going to really be uh, very successful. I'm very excited for for that. Like that for me, when I read through all these projects, I'm like, as much as I'm looking forward to Control 2, because I'm very much am looking forward to Control 2, I think I'm looking forward to Max Payne 1 and 2 more just for what that is as a game and how like we don't really have many games like that. Like obviously we have third-person shooters and like, yeah, cover-based yeah. shooters, but Max Payne was straight up, yeah, like, the comic book cutscenes, like you diving all over the place and having the bullet time. I was playing um, El Paso Elsewhere, which is a game that y'all should check out if you like Max Payne or third-person shooters, which is a Max Payne-inspired supernatural shooter that's indie-developed, and it's on PC. Uh, I think maybe cons it's on consoles as well. Uh, and playing through that was such a fun reminder of like, oh, no, this game is this gameplay is really good. Like, it's really fun. And I think something like this could work easily in 2023. You know, you might have to tweak some things to make it like, really modern but i oh man i can't wait to see what that looks like me neither man yeah that's that's that could be incredible i just hope they nail it which yeah. i have no doubt they wouldn't but you never know you never know you never know uh number three speaking of nailing it or fucking it up number three <laughs> robocop rogue city review roundup is here right now it has a metacritic of 69 an open critic of 73 nice. thank you uh, Justin over at IGN.com gives it a 7 out of 10 says RoboCop Rogue City is a pitch perfect throwback to the action movies of the 80s it's over the top violence with charm largely well put together but rough around the edges uh, most importantly it's a fun way to spend time in a beloved fictional universe that doesn't overstay its welcome blasting at goons as an unstoppable walking machine remains an extremely entertaining yeah, it remains extreme, as extremely entertaining as it seemed on the big screen, thanks in part to an impressive commitment to capturing the look and feel of the original film. Mixing in elements like routine police work and side quests does a great job ch changing the pace, too. Even if it's not the best example of visual fidelity and prone to some bugs along the way, the that love of RoboCop shines through. This is a solid B-movie of a video game, which is exactly what the source material demands. Uh, Rick Lane over at Eurogamer gave it three out of five stars. Uh, Taeon blends bloody linear shootouts with light open world action for an entertaining, if unadventurous, RoboCop experience. Hell yeah. You in? You playing? I really want to. Right now, my I've been describing my PlayStation dashboard as 
um like an e3 press presentation right like right now my my playstation dashboard looks like summer game fest 2023 where it's just, <laughs> it's just filled with a bunch of games that are coming out that like you know i was looking forward to playing all these things and now i look at it and i'm like i can't touch any of these games like i do not have time because i want to play through alan wake 2 but also yeah like robocop's been sitting there for a week and i'm like man i really want to boot up this game but also I want to play UFC 5 at the same There's time. Too many things, and though. so I jump into UFC 5 and I'm like We have a couple redacteds. Yeah. And it was last night yeah I sat down, you know, Alan Wake behind me and I was like I got to play some RoboCop. I hadn't started it yet and jump back into that one. Uh I'm happy to see people leaning into the B moviness of it. That's what I said at my preview from SGF. That's what the Jabroni boys said after they streamed it. Like it seems good. The VGC gave it 4 out of 5 stars, right? I like I liked their synopsis. Uh RoboCop Rogue City feels outdated at its core, but this actually works in its favor. With no pretensions that it's offering something revolutionary. Oh, got an ad for Sephora. So, uh, the game focuses on delivering big, dumb action scenes interspersed with entertaining detective work. It has an engaging story and well-written dialogue, all wrapped in a package that shows clear love for the source material. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my thing last night. It, was, it starts the same. It starts the way it starts, which it turns out was the demo I did back at SGF. And so, like, I was like, okay, cool. And I was shooting people, throwing them through the glass windows of this high-rise. They'd fall all the way out. And I was like... All right, yeah. And it wasn't until I got to the cop station where I started doing like the side missions where you're like walking by and they're like, these cops are making fun of this one cop who can't open her locker. And they're like, what's the problem? She just tears the door off and all these mm-hmm. things fall. And I went and I took, did, you go to the little complaint station and people walk up like, they're mad about my, my neighbors are mad about my dog. Can you come yell at my neighbors? What's going on? I want to go out and I call my dog. I call him. And like, you fucking give the guy a ticket for naming his dog. Like, I was yeah. like, shit, this is fun. And I, I started putting in my little points. I'm like, oh, well, Robocop can dash if I upgrade him this way. I'm like, well, fuck. And it's like, I'm going to come back to this big, dumb game. That's all it needs to be. Uh, Number four on the Roper Report. Jusant reviews are out. Uh, Metacritic, 86. Open Critic, 82. Let's go. Steven Talby over at Push Square gave it a 7 out of 10. It says, despite one or two missteps, Jusant, and I hope I'm saying that right. uh, Just not. Huh? Just not. Just not. Just not, yeah. (laughs) You're horrible. Uh, Hangs together thanks to well-realized, unique location, and more importantly, a fun and engaging way to interact with it. Uh, The climbing at its core is wonderfully tactile and finds a balance between complexity and accessibility. The spire of rock you're ascending in an interesting place to is an interesting place to explore. Gat gradually shifting into new environments as you ascend. Uh, We're not totally sold on the story, but and the animation and camera can be clumsy every so often, but the game remains a solid meditative adventure throughout. Uh, Tomas Franzi over at Digital Trends gave it four out of five stars. Jusant's creative take on climbing and a minimalistic approach to storytelling make it one of the boldest titles from Don't Nod so far. I love seeing Don't Nod get a W. Yeah. I, man, Life is Strange was so good and it feels like... They've struggled since then. Yeah, since then they've kind of struggled to figure out like their identity and figure out what's the next hit from them. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I played about 30 minutes of okay. Jusant and it's one that I want to return to. It's, it comes back to the thing of my PlayStation dashboard looking like uh, summer game fest 2023 where i've not been able to find the time but as i started it i was like oh this is giving me all the vibes i want you know i think the word meditative is a good one from steven talaby at push square where it reminds me of playing an eco or any like any yeah. of those kind of games like you know what kind of game i'm talking about um and yeah like those are the kind of games you play when you when you want to you know relax have like this you know thoughtful slow experience that is trying to get at your emotions and is trying to allow you to experience something fresh and new and different um i think jusant brings a lot a lot of that energy and from like the bit of climbing that i did like usually i'm somebody that i'm climbing doesn't necessarily attract me as a gameplay mechanic you know i play like a, a assassin's creed back in the day or even uncharted in the climbing moments i was always like i don't know how i feel about that I, like, <laughs> I what are your favorite that. games of shadow of the colossus 
yeah, but Shadow Colossus is fucking sick as fuck, though. <laughs> you know, you're climbing giants. That, make, that makes it different. And I came around to like, by Uncharted 4, I was like, okay, y'all mastered the climbing shit. Um, but in this, I also liked it here, right? Where I yeah. think there's enough keeping it interesting in terms of like the rope and stuff that you're doing um, that keep it engaging and fun. And so, yeah, like this is one that I want to get back to. And if, you're, if this game seems like it's cool just from looking at the trailers and seeing gameplay and stuff, I think it's worth checking out. Number five, the finals, the finals studio responds to backlash at its decision to use AI voice acting. What the fuck? Jordan, this is Jordan Midler at IGN. God damn it. Embark Studios, the developer behind the new multiplayer FPS, the finals has responded to the backlash following news that it uses AI for the game's voices. The finals has enjoyed strong, a strong opening on Steam, but some players have reacted negatively to the discovery the game mostly uses AI instead of real voice actors. The revelation was uncovered in a podcast with the game's audio designer, uh, who claimed that, quote, with a few exceptions, the game uses artificial intelligence for the in-game vocal recordings. Embark has now confirmed that the game uses a combination of both AI and real actors, stating, quote, making games without actors isn't an end goal, end quote. Uh, we used a combination of recorded voice audio and audio generated via text-to-speech tools in our game, depending on the context, an Embark spokesperson told IGN. Sometimes recording real scenes where actors get together, allowing character chemistry and conflict to shape the outcome is something that adds depth to our game worlds that technology can't emulate. Other times, especially when it relates to contextual in-game action callouts, TTS, that's text-to-speech, allows us to have tailored voice over where we otherwise wouldn't. For example, due to speed of implementation. Boo. Boo. Have you seen the clips no. of this? Bear, I have one in the dock. You can play like maybe like some seconds of it. Kingfish. The jet setters. And finally, the powerhouses. This is the text And speech. they are off. And like this Welcome is the announcer, right? The team that tucks but yeah, away but like once you get triumphs. into gameplay, it is the characters. Let's see who's got the pace to ace this race. Wait, this is all AI? First elimination, yeah. Scotty. Talk about making a solid first impression on our sponsors. Hold on to your Azolt bucket hats, brought to you by Azolt. If At first you don't catch it, but then you, as you listen, you're like, oh. Arena, only one contestant left for them. Alas, the Kingfish have been wiped out. Looks like this was the one that got away from them. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Ouch, the Kingfish suffered a wipeout. I guess the competition didn't have bigger fish to fry after all, Scotty. Precisely what I had in mind. Like you can start, the stop Kingfish it are back. Team respond. But like, <laughs> at first it's like, oh, this is like I did. I didn't catch it either. Like in the first seconds, ten seconds, I was waiting for the AI to happen, and then it settled in. Where I'm like, oh yeah, there is like a lifelessness to these voices. That like, yeah, don't like, don't make How? it. As good. I I hear it the most when he's announcing the teams at the very. Yeah, beginning. yeah, for sure, for sure. How can you fucking miss the point that badly? Right now, oh, yeah. right now, you're gonna launch a game. Be like, oh, there's a bunch of AI in it. <laughs> While there's strikes happening, and it's like and this is an open or early access, right? Yeah, uh, no? open beta, I believe. So, like, okay, maybe do like if you get called out on it, maybe then just be like, it's just for the beta. We're trying to get it out there and yeah. see what it is. We're gonna get real voice actors in. Da, 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 this would like that would have been the perfect moment to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's placeholder. It's placeholder. Yeah. We're, we're getting people in there. We're going to fuck. Hey, we got to figure out how to get some voice actors. SG17 says using AI rather than spending a few thousand dollars for some simple VO is indefensible. Let me tell you something. It would have been so much less than a few thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Voice actors get paid jack fucking shit. And again, to this point of like, oh, well, should we use AI? Let me Google. Oh, people fucking hate AI. <laughs> I was really freaked out about it. There's a bunch of, there's fucking strikes happening. It would have been so simple to reach out to mid-tier Twitch streamers. Andy, how much do you think Andy would cost to come in and do an hour of 
Oh, Ten. man, the kingfish, blah, blah, blah. You Ten know what bucks. I mean? $30. Most, you know. How much? 7500 $7, Shit, fuck. He was damn, more expensive damn. than I thought. Oh, yeah. oh, you know what? That, I think that's the price of <laughs> Nick Scarpino's PC. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes He's sense. high-balling. You can, you can get him for less. It's like, goddamn. Don't be fucking stupid. Especially right now. Number six on the Roper Report. Delarune will be released once. Deltarune. Oh, sorry. So sorry. It's very important. It is. I know this is a game you guys care about. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Deltarune will be released once chapter four is done. Toby Fox confirms. <laughs> this is Taylor Lyles at IGN. More than two years after the release of Deltarune chapter two, creator Toby Fox shared an update touching base on how development is going on the final three chapters, including an updated release plan that will make the game available for purchase once chapter four is complete. In a blog post, Fox revealed that the development of Chapter 5 is taking longer than anticipated, with Chapter 3 nearly done and a significant portion of Chapter 4 already complete. Fox announced that the new plan is to release Chapter 3 and 4 together and make the game purchasable. Uh, this is a slight change from Fox's original plan, where he revealed in 2021 that he wanted to release Chapters four, 3, 4, and 5 concurrently. Quote, my original plan was to release chapters three, four, and five together. Uh, however, uh, the finish line of chapter five is still pretty far off, and I don't think anybody really wants to wait that long to release anything, especially me. In an effort to speed up the process of Delta Rune's development, Fox revealed he hired a new producer that will allow Fox to speed up the overall game development for future chapters. So I'm happy about this, right? That means we're going to play more bits of the game sooner. I was talking to Barry about this this morning that... I don't really like how Deltarune just panned out in terms of the release structure of it. Like, I wish what, what he would have done would be to just release the first chapter of Deltarune as, hey, this is Deltarune, and then release chapter two as, like, hey, here's Deltarune 2, and just treat it as separate uh, entries of the yeah, game. Because yeah. now... How long are the chapters? I mean, they're, like, five. They're, like, the yeah, same they're, length they're, as Undertale. They're, like, the same length of one playthrough of Undertale. Okay. Yeah, and so, for me, it's been the thing of, I feel like I am waiting over a decade for this game to like come out in like in its fullness because the idea is that he's releasing these chapters and by the time he's finished it's gonna be like a 40 hour long video game and it just feels like it's all disjointed and now i'm waiting and like undertale came out in 2015 and also like it's the thing where where new when a new chapter of deltarune releases people aren't treating it like a full game right it's not being considered in yeah. like indie game of the year or game of the year soundtrack of the year and all these things right and i think if they felt like final things i think the fear might be that oh but none of these are as good as undertale but i think the experience as a whole by the time you get there i could see that by the time you release deltarune six or seven people are like wow oh, what this a is saga. an all-time this is all time yeah yeah because the chapters are great yeah they they are they're super memorable and i remember when chapter two came out back in 2021 i think you and i were debating like is this on our top 10 for the year? Like, is it like, do we treat it as a full game? And I honestly just don't think Toby Fox gives a shit, you know? Like, yeah. I think, like, but I think, him, he, like, I think he cares about putting out a good product. Oh, 100%. And he's found his audience and he definitely cares about like making that for the, you know, the, the, the core of his audience that he found with Undertale, right? Uh, but just like all the other stuff of people thinking about like, game of the year type of stuff and all that. Like, I, I don't think he minds uh, sure. that stuff too much. Uh, I am similar to you where it's like, it, it, I'm going to have to get to the point where every time a new chapter releases, uh, it's going to have to be like, I need to watch a recap. Cause like, it's been two years since chapter two came out. Like, I don't fucking remember what happened on the, the second day of the, the week for this game. Right. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the whole premise, Greg. No, I know. I know. It's just like, a funny, it just, yeah. it's a funny thing to say. I, I, I figured as well. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited either way. And it sounds like maybe we're going to get chapters three and four possibly next year. So Hell I don't yeah. know. Hold your yeah. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> situation for sure. I like to think of it as like a book series at this point. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like each entry, but it's telling a whole story, you know? I don't know. Uh, I dropped number seven, so number seven and eight. Uh, the PlayStation Pulse Explore Wireless Earbuds and Pulse Elite Wireless Headset gets release dates. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Sony has revealed that PlayStation's Plus Explore Wireless Earbuds will be released on December 6, 2023, and that the Pulse Elite Wireless Headset will follow up on February 21st, 2024. Uh, they reveal the news, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you can pre-order uh, at on the place, direct.playstation.com and other retailers on November 9th. As a reminder, uh, the wireless earbuds will be $199.99, and the wireless headset will cost $149.99. Cool. Yeah. But what the fuck happened? Because remember, when I went and I previewed all these, Mm -hmm. and what we were told was, oh, well, when the PlayStation Portal, which, of course, doesn't have Bluetooth for some reason, Mm -hmm. works with the PlayStation Link system they've set up, right? That that, We will launch the Portal and the wireless earbuds day and date. Oh, did they say they that? They said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And then PlayStation Portal, of course, drops November 15th. Can't fucking wait. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting December 6th for the earbuds. It's like, huh, I wonder what went wrong. They exploded in somebody's ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God oh, I can't hear it. This when I use the oh, PlayStation Portal. Oh, my favorite Portal. one. I love my right ear. It's gone now. Yeah. Just to, I mean, I know what happened. I'm sure some delay part, whatever. But it's just like, huh, that's mm. interesting that they were so confident at the time of like, oh, no, this will be there ready to go. So now when you play your Portal, you have to use wired headphones, which I think will be interesting of, is it like I don't think this is on purpose, but will it be that thing of like, uh, I'm never going to pay $200 or even $149.99 for a new headset or new earbuds, right? Mm-hmm. And then you do a month of the PlayStation Portal with uh, Tether. You're like, this fucking sucks. I'm gonna, oh, and also, yeah. I can't use my Bluetooth headphones on this fucking thing. What the shit? And then you, yeah. get, you get there and you buy it. Yeah. $200 for wireless earbuds seems like a lot. I understand that that's like probably standard. How much are AirPod Pros or whatever? Probably too much also. This is Apple. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. I had the Sennheiser ones and I, I like them. Yeah, they're 200 bucks at Best Buy. 200 right bucks. Well, 250 marked down. We had to like get that price down because yeah. that should be the standard. Like, I understand, yeah, like wired earbuds exist and that's what I use. Like, I like my wired headphones. I, I was, like my wired I was, headphones. I was wearing them on the way to the set because I was, there it is. Yeah, I was listening to the new Drake. Oh, it's grown on me. Okay, good. I hated that. Very exciting for you. Now I love that album. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was really like the day one listen to the new Drake album, yeah. terrible. Two weeks later, my album of the year. It's God crazy. It. It's crazy how he does that every single time. Yeah, I was going to say, I oh, feel like God. you had the same story a year ago for whatever yeah, last Drake. Yeah, Certified Lover Boy, same thing. I hated that album, day one. Two weeks later, I couldn't. I, he has a song called um, Poppy's Home. Yeah. <sighs> it's such a good song. It's like an incredible song. Art. Do you listen to it every time you walk into, into your door? At yeah. Home? Yeah. Blessing, I can't wait to see what an album you hate next that then you love and do all this stuff. But that album's so far away. If you wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops on Halloween. Where would you go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, Juicent. PlayStation 5, all the Xboxes and PC. Well, I guess next-gen Xboxes and PC. Silent Hill Ascension on PC. Uh, you will, Well, it's also on mobile, and we're doing the thing today at 4.30. Uh, you will die here tonight on PC. Headbangers Rhythm Royal on PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch. Little Goody Two Shoes on PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Nintendo Switch. The Foglands on PC, PS5, and MetaQuest. And then Nintendo has added three more games to its Nintendo Switch online service. <gasps> Castlevania Legends Game Boy Color. Devil World NES and the mysterious Murasame Castle. Murasame Castle on NES. Oh, no. 
<laughs> New dates for you. Roller Drome is coming to uh, is coming November 28th to Xbox Series X and S, Windows PC, uh, and with Xbox Game Pass. Deals of the day for you. We have the rundown of Game Pass uh, upcoming. Uh, of course, today you get Headbangers Rhythm Royale, Jusant, and War Tales. Uh, on uh, the 2nd, November 2nd, Thirsty Suitors. Booted that up last night. Huh? I booted up Thirsty Suitors last embargo, night. You're embargoed. Be careful. That's a good point. <laughs> Got to stop you right now. We, right have we point. already recorded a GameCast <laughs> review of Thirsty Suitors? Usually we don't record them two days early. Find <laughs> out tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Oh, Thirsty Suitors. Oh, that's, I thought that said something different. Oh, man. I thought that said Robocop. <laughs> Uh, November 6th, Football Manager. I mean, what? You didn't ruin anything. You did great. The Football Manager 24. Uh, November 9th, Dungeon for Dungeons 4, Like a Dragon, uh, Gaiden, uh, Wild Hearts. Oh, Wild Hearts. Uh, November 13th, Spirit Tea. And then number November 14th, Coral Island. We asked people watching live. Well, there's a squad up here, I guess. Uh, Nuwaji's Eyes writes in and says he needs help in real life. Uh, you can find Nuwaji's Eyes on Twitter at N, well, new. A-J-S-E-Y-E-S. Nuage's Eyes says, What's up, my fellow wrestling fans? This January in Box Park, Wembley, London, Hooked On Wrestling and Cultaholic are throwing a Royal Rumble watch party, and I'd love to go with some kind of funny best friends based in the UK. Uh, if this sounds like some, your thing, uh, hit me up on Instagram at Nuage's Eyes. Uh, let's see if we can get a group together of kind of funny best friends to watch it. Well, that sounds great. Hell yeah. Royal Rumble in January. This is they're already planning it for it. I love this. Get ready if you're over in London, the good old UK. Oh, I governor, the king himself might show up. You know what I mean? <laughs> the king himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Prince Charles loves WWE. Here. <laughs> he watches this. <laughs> <laughs> we ask people watching live on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games to go to kindoffunny.com slash You're Wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, we have one. I can't. I'm looking to see if it's just a fucking joke. Yeah, it's a joke. We're not doing this. Nice try. This is what you do. You wasted your time. Not mine. Not mine. Mm. I made content out of it. You watched it. So the joke's on you for coming in here trying to make a joke about Max Payne movies starring Mark Wahlberg. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, mm. this has been Kinda Funny Games Daily for Halloween. Of course, we're going to do a very abridged post show here uh, for about 13 minutes answering YouTube Super Chats. Then me and Mike are sitting down with Red Barrels to play Outlast Trials. Have some fun and get scared, Mike. I'm going to get scared. He loves this game. He screams off something. Uh, so make sure you watch that live on Twitch or YouTube or later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And of course, remember, uh, it's a spooky day on Halloween. So 4.30 p.m. Pacific, our live premiere pre-show uh, for Silent Hill Ascension kicks off. Come watch that and then watch Silent Hill Ascension and participate in the streaming series as it is. Remember, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday. Nerdy news you need to know about. Tomorrow, it's blessing Andy, especially because Andy's back, ladies and gentlemen. Andy lives. Woo! Thursday is me and it's blessing in me. And then Friday, it's our special IGN crossover for extra life. Remember that? Do we have oh, an IGN yeah. person on maybe the games caster doing tomorrow? Maybe about thirsty suitors? Find out. I, th I think, I think you mean Robocop <laughs> <laughs> until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Andy, you test negative. <laughs> no, <Hell yeah. laughs> you negative? Nah, <laughs> just came in. I'm, I'm done <laughs> with Stay it. away. I got three days left to not be sick. <laughs> Yeah, it looks cool. So you can avoid a little more time with him. Avoid? Oh no, it's fine. It's okay. fine. No, come through. Come through. Let me tell you. I'll take Andy. Let me tell you, nerds hate Drake. <laughs> when I as soon as I mentioned Drake, I love Drake. Like, oh oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've learned blessing. You don't say. You don't say Drake. You don't say AI. You. you there's a lot of things you don't. Mike, say. Mike, why are you talking about AI? <laughs> why well, was that? Because I like, the finals in AI. I thought it was an interesting story.
These, these kids oh, love. Oh, you like it? Oh, no, I, for what they wanted to do. Mike loves AI, confirms. I want Andy to have a job, and we're going to talk about that right now on the post show because one of those kind of funny best friends wrote in about GTA 6 and the idea of NPCs using AI voices. And I said, you know what? Just hire me, Andy, and Bless. We'll be some uh, AI. We'll be some NPCs in there. I'd be down, yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey, get, get out the way. <laughs> Look, we know that Rockstar can't, can't likely afford that mm. many people, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they uh -huh. haven't really had much going on. Yeah, yeah. They sold GTA Five really well for one year, and then it just kind of died. They could never afford that many yeah. uh, employees and well, part-timers and contractors. Let, let's talk about it, because we'll talk about that, but we should probably focus on you, Andy. Why don't you go walk out there, walk your little pretty butt out there and show off the yeah, outfit. It's a fresh outfit. Because, like, we can't start this post well, show I need without the I need the lights off, Bear. Can we get the lights off? Get the lights off. How do yeah. I get out of this shot? Get this. One second. One second. Let me get out of my shot. Oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, shit. oh my god. Good morning, Night City! Yesterday's bad account was a nice and dirty 30. Fuck it. 10 out of Haywood. Whatever the fuck he says. Anyway, that's about it. Stand up Pacific. I got a cool fucking gun. Whoa. Made by a kind of funny best friend. You see, you get you do cool work, your shit gets tweeted at me, and I'm like, hey, I'll give you money to make one of those for me. 3D printed it, and dude also, uh, you know, did like a little bunch of little that's sick wear and stuff. Yeah, Militech. Yeah, it feels like a sick Pretty block of wood sick, to hit dude. somebody with. Fuck yeah, dog. <laughs> Shout out Lescoot on Twitter. Lescoot? Lescoot? What did you just say? Like Lescoot. Did I ever tell you about the time when I pistol whipped Kelly Cole with an airsoft gun? No. Yeah, poor Kelly Pist Cole had to Who's get Kelly it. Who's Kelly Cole? Who's Kelly? Yeah, why do we? Kelly Cole, good friend of mine. Uh, back in the day. Wait. Doesn't sound like it's a good friend. We were in the uh, we were in the preteens era when you get a hold of BB guns and airsoft guns mm. and paintball guns, and you think that's like a really fun time shooting at each other, right? Mm -hmm. And then we were uh, all playing. And Kelly Cole kept ganging up on me and shooting me too much with the airsoft gun. So I eventually broke and I just pistol whipped him in the side of the neck with uh, the airsoft gun. Ah, okay. Had to apologize for that one. Damn. Still love Kelly Cole, but I gave it to him. Damn. I gave him one. I'm glad you When apologized. you said Kelly Cole, I was, I was thinking a girl. Like I thought. <laughs> oh, okay. Me thought, too. Me yeah. too. No, no, that's I Kelly thought this G. is where we're going to find G. out is the same Kelly of it's <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Cole had to take one. I just imagine Mike like pistol whipping a blonde, <laughs> a blonde girl <laughs> with an airsoft gun. <laughs> like, oh no, don't do that, Mike. CJ splits on. Thank you for your five dollar super chat. Am I the only one struggling with Alan Wake 2 combat? Might be the first game I put on story mode because I'm enjoying mm. the story and mystery. I dropped a story mode last night. Really? Um, because I was just like, man, these dudes are like bullet sponges, man. Like, mm. why are these dudes taking so many shots? I'm wasting so much ammo. And plus, I'm like just too scared to deal with it over and over again. Now I'm just bah, one shot headshots. It's like if I'm getting knocked out in two shots by a, a melee weapon. Yeah. They should, you know, go down. You're taking two shots to the head. You should be dead. My advice: grow up. Hmm. Grow you up. Know? Become Get a good. gamer. Yeah, yeah. No, I I hear you. I'm still I'm still playing on normal, but I think the combat is kind of a struggle. Like. You fuck up a little bit, and they hit you twice, and you're fucking done. Yeah. And then the checkpoint system is so bad. They send you so far back with those checkpoints. And it's, They need to it's fix the quick saving. Slow to heal as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm... I'm the combat's not, definitely not my favorite part of Alan Wake 2. Yeah, for sure. McD's Games writes in with a $5 or $10 super chat and says, Happy Halloween. I really want a Callisto Protocol 2. Do you think it will happen? I know since no. Glenn left, okay. we've heard nothing. He looked completely out of it on your guys' show, by the way. 
costume on lock, Greg. Well, shout out to Greg's costume. Uh, well, you got to assume he looked out of it because he was exhausted after like just having to ship a game. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought he had some good energy coming in. He was jazzed up about it. It was a big day for him and his team as they were getting ready for the launch. Of I, honestly, I remember because yeah, I this guy you were also here. Energy. It was a lot of energy in this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, me and that guy were viral. Oh, like, my God. Oh, and yeah. He was like this. And I was like, you're like a PE coach. Glenn. If there's like a Put mod, jazzed up. if there's like a mod to change the dodging, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But man, I had trouble with the. I had. Just not a whole lot of fun with the dodging in that game. So yeah. you think find one of those like fan fiction websites and like either write your own Callisto mm. Protocol sequel or read other people's because you will never see a Callisto Protocol too. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I wanted them to get a sequel and see where we could go to give more of that like space survival horror games mm. in our life. You know, because Dead Space, it's nice to have that back. Yeah. But like, they're gonna make more Dead Space. The, yeah, but like when's the next Dead Space? Right, it'd be a nice compliment. With that, Callista Protocol too, mm-hmm. and we just have more of it. Because remember that Troy Baker one, the walking sim. Yeah, that one didn't really go anywhere. I mean, it nothing happened with it, right? Like it kind of just came and went. Yeah, it was, it felt like somebody said it was four hours, which almost made me play it. Yeah, but then looked I got gorgeous. Starfield. Unreal Five title. Looked and it had like the same good. exact font as Callista Protocol. Mm. So you think no? No, I don't think we'll see another. I think there's a zero percent chance you see Callista. Wow, zero percent. Maybe lower than that if I could. McD. I'm sorry. The two sorry, voices have spoken. Joshua D writes in with the $5 super chat and says, in my opinion, AI voices could be cool in GTA six for unpredictable NPC interactions, possibly combine that with a ton of real recordings. Thoughts, Andy? No, no. You can do that with real people. Yeah. You can, you can have a, like, I, I think at the end of the day, you're still going to feel the soullessness behind, uh, voice acting. If it's just a robot doing it. Yeah. And I'll also so. say, like, you, I mean, in GTA 5, right? Like, that was, that was all, I assume, voiced by real people. And that was fine. Like, there's so many open world games that we get to have real voice actors, and they already work. I don't understand. I don't know what AI would fix. Like, if the idea is that you want way more dialogue, right? Like, I I would have to see the scenario for a GTA 6 where you're bumping, it, like, bumping in that much more dialogue, and it makes a tangible and good difference uh, in the game. And if so, like, could you not just do that with real people, right? Like a GTA, for example, if I compare it to like a Starfield, right? Like Starfield, I assume has more dialogue than any GTA in it, right? Like that's all recorded by real people. If you wanted to bump that up for GTA 6, just hire voice actors. Yeah, I, I would see maybe like, if you're going for the unpredictability aspect to try to have like these random lines being spoken, you would have to have, I, I don't know, I, I think the like voice actors guild would have to have a very, very strong deal to be like, all right, you can manipulate the things that we say, training our voices with AI. I know that's like all very slippery. But also the un- unpredictability wouldn't come from like, uh, like an AI performance that would come more from the script writing and then like code writing to change like certain things like that. Like, again, it just seems like the AI doesn't even really solve anything there. Yeah. Like somebody in chat says like NPC voices for hundreds of NPCs. You already have that. Like if you look at like the, I, I get, I get TikToks to this day of people posting just random conversations that GTA NPCs will have with each other. Like the, just the most random shit of like, Oh, I left the, fr- I left the cheesecake under the fridge. It's like just the random shit that they say in that game. Um, they already have that. Like, I don't know how much more um, you really need or like, I don't know, I guess in what way AI would help that process. Like you can write more, sure. But more isn't always better. That's my main thing is like, you know, I think GTA, what GTA five is, 
already has a pretty good balance of that. Um, and I'm sure GTA 6 will have more, but I don't think that's an AI thing. We need AI to help us do that. I think that is just, you know, taking your time and writing. And obviously, they've been taking their time and doing all this stuff. And but. use that gigantic budget to just pay everybody possible. Yeah. Okay. Oral Sanchez has become a member for 10 months here on Kind of Funny Games YouTube channel. For the Max Payne remakes, do you think Remedy will keep the comic book panel cutscenes, or do you experiment with live action stuff to modernize it, Bliss? Ooh, I didn't think about the live action aspect. I think you, I think as Remedy, you you take some creative liberties. I we oh man, I talked about this. Chat remind me because we talked about this with Sam Lake on the show where I asked him like what is considered ex Remedy Extended Universe or whatever it's called, right? And, like, I think he mentioned that, like, this game's owned by Rockstar aren't part of the Remedy Connected Universe. Um, so if that's the case, I could see them just being like, hey, let's just remake Max Payne and make it look beautiful and make it play well. And if you're doing that, then maybe you don't do the comic book panels. But if you're trying to build it into that Remedy Universe, for sure use live action. And for sure, like, you give it all those same, like, weird flourishes that you've seen in Control and Alan Wake 2, because I think that is part of what makes it feel connected. Sean H. writes in with the $2 Super Chat says, who will review the day before? And can it be Roger, Andy Cortez? Sure. Yeah, we can let Roger do that for the game that doesn't exist. Nitro with the $5 Super Chat. Yeah, that'll chat. be the easiest review. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that game's going to be lit, though, if it becomes real. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Shut up, yo, Mike. on the real real? Like, that shit could be lit, though. It could be, Mike. Redeem your code. Could, could be lit. Yeah. You your know? code in your PC just spits out dust. <laughs> <laughs> Nitro with the $5 super chat says, did Bless see the Nick All-Star 2 Brawl has a roguelite mode? Huh. Interesting. <laughs> forgot about this video game. <laughs> yeah, piqued my interest. I forgot that game was coming out. Mm -hmm. Nick All-Star Brawl. Could have already come out. I wouldn't have known it. It could be out, and I would not know. Yeah. Roguelike. Huh. Huh. Interesting. All right, cool. I wonder if that's like going to be like Subspace Emissary or something. Okay. So I'll love it. So Those modes just never feel real to me. They just feel like, nah, this, you don't got to bother, bother with this. Hey, thanks, Nitro, as well, for your first time ever Super Chat. Ooh, thank you. Very nice of you. Only special features, writes in with the $5 Super Chat and says, AKA that Mario Rivera, <laughs> wanting to say happy Halloween. Also, Andy, you look amazing. And the Ghostbusters 2 outfit rules, Greg. Thank Get you, Mario Rivera. Appreciate you, homie. Yes. Thank We're you so happy much. to thank be you, back homie. in full health. So we can show it off. Nick All-Star Brawl 2 comes out in a week. November 7th. A week? Yeah. No, so that's, oh. I, I forgot his first word. What does he say again? Good, Good morning, morning, Night, Night City! City. Yeah. Yesterday's body count was a dirty 30. 10 coming from Hayward. We got a lot of voice actors in the building. Hire these three jabronis, Barrett. Andy and Bless, and let's just get them in some video games, chat. Why not? All Street three of us starred together in a video game. I would kind be of so outshined. <laughs> <laughs> like, Barrett and Andy would laugh around me if, like, if you put us three No, here's the game. thing. We're all acting together, so then we're all going to be elevating to uh, mm -hmm. each other. If, you want, if, I mean, if you're going to cast me as a voice actor, just know that you're getting me. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> you're getting my voice. I cannot emulate any other voice. I wish I could. I heard you do a really good Obama. <laughs> Malia. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. The American people. Straight Shadow writes in with the $10 super chat and says, on the topic of layoffs, do these layoffs at Bungie feel different than those of the Microsoft slash XB earlier this year? MS slash XB. I assume that's Microsoft and Xbox. Yeah. Okay. 
earlier this year. I guess it feels like a stronger reaction from the public and games media. I, there have been so many layoffs this year. I could not even tell you what the feeling was <laughs> when the Microsoft, yeah. like, mm. do you remember the, the, those layoffs? Nope. Like I, that's my thing is like, I, every week we're talking about layoffs and I feel like every time the reaction is the same. So I don't know. I don't know if that's coming from the place of like, Oh, why do we react more to Bungie than to Microsoft or like vice versa or whatever. But like, I don't know, man, this shit hits different for, for, for people. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And, and I, I guess my only, thank you for the $10, but this also very much reads like uh well, what about the Microsoft uh, yeah. layoffs? Like it, it kind of sounds like I don't want to say that, these PlayStation ones uh, are as bad as the Xbox, but I am kind of trying to say like Xbox had some layoffs too. And you all didn't freak out about that. Like, I think we all kind of always talk about the layoffs whenever they happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think we try not to be numb to it. Right. Like, I mean, I think the conversation we had today was really good where we're talking about like, what the fuck is up and all this stuff. But I, but I, I've now worked at kind of funny for almost four years, which is insane to think about. Um, and I've had, <clears throat> had so many games dailies where I've talked about layoffs to, to like I used to come in nervous to talk about this stuff like I used to be like oh shit like people lost their jobs this is serious right and that doesn't change people lost their jobs and it's serious but it's happened so much at this point where I come in and I'm like all right cool another day another uh, news day where I'm talking about people losing their jobs right like that is you know I the I think the reaction to it all should be the same and it is the same of this fucking sucks and the industry needs to do better um but yeah, like I mean, if you ask me about an X, uh, Xbox layoffs that happened at the top of the year, it is I I could not even tell you like what that day was like in the office or like what the context was um, to bring it back there. Uh, Andy, I can't read this one, so you're gonna read it off the TV for me. But I think that's uh, Dave B with the tier one sub for 25 months says, "Do y'all crank it to Mick Jagger blessing?" But you can read the correct. What does it say? This message is from Daxborn. Ah, it's close. It's close. Real close. Not Dave B. <laughs> close. Daxborn, that's a D and a B. And Daxborn asks, do you all drink Jaeger? <laughs> I thought it said you crank. Y'all <laughs> crank it to Mick Jagger? I was going to have to be like, yo, we got to get the bands out. Like, who do we have to get? Who do we have to ban today? Ask, do you all drink? Yeah, where are your glasses? It's another thing. I was going to say, part. like, what Jager? happened to the glasses, Mike? Is you your saw. Halloween costume just somebody who doesn't see good again? Like, what's... <laughs> Uh, do y'all drink Jaeger? I yeah, had yeah. Jaeger over the weekend at a holiday at Fuck a Halloween yeah. party, and it did not end well. Hell yeah! Uh, no, I haven't drinking Jaeger since the since my twenty first birthday, and I'll never go back. Uh, nothing better than some Jaeger. Yep, I'm a big Mick Jagger fan. Love yeah. that. Love cranking, Love cranking it. it. Love cranking it to Jaeger. Yeah, man. Wake up every morning feeling no. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But she says like P Diddy. When when does Mick Jagger under that song? I love that song. I don't know. She deserved better. But I will say, yeah. Kesha? I, yeah. Kesha, she's on I don't tour. think you're wrong. She's I was such tour. a Kesha, oh, Kesha, Kesha fan mm -hmm. um, back in the day when she first came out. She's on tour right now? Yeah. She's back in the game? Uh-huh. She's coming out to Reno. You can go see her soon. Again, I hope, like, I wish her the best because, like, she got, like, screwed over on, like, a lot of shit. Thank <laughs> you so much for watching. I was so upset when I was reading about Kesha because I was like, she does not deserve any of this shit. Uh -huh. Thanks so much for watching the Super Chat Post Show, gamers. Appreciate you all. Stay tuned. Because we've got a little sponsored thing right now with Greg, Mike, and the devs from Outlast Trials. Let's get spooky, gamers. See you later. I got moves like Jagger.